Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we get scientific with Bill Nye and ask whether beer and social media mix. In honor of Labor Day, we talk high school movies and start round two of our series survival. I'm going to win. It's time for a top three turf war. Labor Day is upon us. It's coming up. And we started talking about going back to school, specifically high school. And we wanted to talk about some of our favorite high school movies of all time. And I really, like, this was, it wasn't tricky because I know Ivana and I, we talk about high school movies a lot. A lot. But I really wanted to go back into the well and, like, really go for the ones I keep coming back to. Ivana, I don't know how you position your list, but that's the way I did mine was specifically the ones I come back to. I I didn't put any parameters around it. I just thought, what are the best movies set in high school of all time? Uh, and, and I realized, one, how much I... I mean, I already knew this, but I just love the genre. But I also surprised myself because there was something in here that I don't think you're going to expect. Oh, there's one in here that no one's going to expect. It's going to blow their minds. Um, But also (laughs) I wanted to pick high school movies that actually took place in high school. So um, if you're wondering why, like, Ferris Bueller isn't here. Well, it doesn't take place in the school for me. So I took that one out. So there are some things in here that I, I parametered up. And maybe I'll explain more once we get into it. But Ivana, as always, kick us off. What is your number three? Get ready for this. I'm ready. Dope. No, no. See, I knew that you would pick dope. How did you know I... It's new. It's a new pick. I was looking a list of high school movies and I'm like, dope's going to end up on hers. It's... It's new. I didn't think that something so new would end up on my list. It was your number one of that year. It was my number one of that year. And I freaking love that movie. It is so fun. And I love that the kid is so smart. And and it's such a fun, lighthearted movie. It mixes drugs with a high school comedy. And it's nerdy. And it's nerdy. It's everything that I could ever want in a high school movie. And the best part, too, we've got a male protagonist, which is kind of rare-ish for these things. I'm just looking at mine now, and I'm like, hmm, one male protagonist, two male protagonists, and then one is a girl. But you're right. Sometimes in these teen movies, we follow girls more than we follow guys. Uh, In my number three, we follow a guy and a girl. In High School Musical. I knew that would be on your list. Of course you I'm did. I'm not surprised at all. It's, it's, that's a great, like, it's funny. It's a great lighthearted movie. How come it's on your list? So, I, like I said, I, these are movies that I come back to, and I don't know what it is. I saw High School Musical well out of high school. I think I was 27 when I first saw this movie. Not to mention, I mean, it, High School Musical is... It may be set in high school, but it is aimed at preteens. Oh, it is not for me at all. Like, it, they are not trying to get my eyeballs on this movie. But once the craze kind of took off, I got fascinated. And I, I delved into it. I like the songs. I, I They're on many playlists that I have. Um, and it was hard to choose between High School Musical and High School Musical 3. Because High School Musical 3 is all about the end of high school. Um, but I ended up going with just the, the original because it's got a great message. I think it's it's good for any age. What's the message? The message is that whether you're a brain or a jock or you like to make creme brulee, you can still hang out with everybody. It doesn't make you a loser. And uh, the final song in High School Musical is we're all in this together. And it literally is because... What ends up happening is the jock says that he kind of likes to sing. And the people are like, you can't do that. Like, you do basketball. That's your thing. That's all you do. And then Gabriella, who is super brainy, is like, I like to sing too. And it's like, you don't want to do that. No, 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 no. And what happens is because Troy Bolton, like, came out and said he liked to sing, people are like, I... All right, I know I'm a skater kid, but I play the cello, man. Or 
I know I'm a nerd, but I love to hip hop dance and I am the tallest basketball player on our team. I like to bake. <laughs> and you know, all these things come out and everybody's like, dude, that's awesome. Like it's all about dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I do really like the inclusive nature of this movie. I I, I mean, I don't even know what to say, but I <laughs> end up coming back to this trilogy a lot. Um and, and the fact that High School Musical never went to theaters. It never went to theaters? First one was a TV movie. The second one, wow. TV movie. Third one's the only one that went to theaters at all. And isn't that kind of interesting that it was so popular that the third in a series went to theaters? And none of the others did. I, I wrote in my review when I was writing the review for High School Musical 3... I said, it doesn't even matter. This is a success story regardless of how you spend your money this weekend because it was a TV movie and now it's a theatrical release. That's crazy. And I, you know, I just get good feelings from the movie. And I know I've talked about High School Musical a lot, but I've never really talked about it on any podcast at all. Um, It is, it's a guilty pleasure. I absolutely love it. And... Uh, if you love it too, hit me up on Twitter because we are, we're going to be bros for life. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, my number two also should be no surprise to you anyway. Uh, it's one of the best high school movies I've ever seen. It's a masterpiece. Whoa. 10 Things I Hate About You. My number two is 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. I, I thought <laughs> this was going to be your number one. No, no, there's another one in my number one spot. Um, But, I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You, it's based on Taming of the Shrew. It is so well written. It is so well acted. The cast in this movie are, you know, some of them have grown to be some of the most popular and prolific actors of all time. Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm kind of sad that we haven't seen as much from... Larissa Oleniak. Yeah, that's her last the name. Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah, I had a crush on you when I was in high school. <laughs> I really like that show too, FYI. But but not like 10 Things I Hate About You. And, you know, I think that the genius of this movie comes out in things like, for example, and my dad doesn't watch these types of movies, if it's on television, he stops everything. And then that's what he's doing for the next two hours. Really? That is very cool. Yeah. And he he doesn't watch movies like this. He's not interested in this stuff. But when this movie comes on, it just holds his attention. And it, it does the exact same for me. Um, I think that the cast is great. I'm sad that Andrew Keegan isn't doing more because he's such a good bad guy. Um, he and David, is a good bad guy. He's a really good bad guy. David Crumultz is maybe one of the most underrated characters in this movie. Um, but there's so much to unpack. I loved the parents. I loved the the actual kids. And probably the only thing that I would say is bad was the poem that Julia Stiles reads at the end. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't get it. It, why even put it in the movie? But everything else is perfect. Ah, I, you know, I don't have to say anything else. Ten things I hate about you. Ah, oh, man, I love that movie. I love me some ten things I hate about you. I can pop that on anytime, and that's why it's my number two. I think I could watch it tonight. <laughs> I might watch it tonight, unless I watch my number one. What's your number one? My number one is Clueless. I knew it. I knew it was Clueless. I knew all of yours were going to be on here. I knew Dope. <laughs> I knew Clueless. I, I knew I can't Ten believe things. you knew Dope. I thought, I surprised myself. You know, I had Mean Girls on there as a potential. I had a whole bunch of potentials that we'll talk about with honorable mentions. But for me, Clueless, you don't get better than that. I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't understand any of the jokes. And then when I watched it again in film class in university, I was blown away because I saw this movie over and over and over and over again as a kid, never understanding half the movie and loving it. It's it's definitely like some jokes will go over your head as a young person. Totally. And, it, and I think that's part of the genius of this movie is that it appeals to a child and yet it's still wholesome for them. And yet then you watch it when you're like grown up and you know more about the world and you're in university and you're just like, whoa. 
It blew my mind away. It still blows my mind away. I, it's one of the greatest movies of all time, and it is, in my opinion, the greatest teen movie of all time. I mean, I still want to wear these clothes, and they're coming back in. I cannot wait to bust out the plaid skirts. Yeah, me too. I can't I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait for them plaid skirts to come back. You know what I'm really looking forward to is those uh, pants to show my underwear to come back. You know, those baggy, you know, Men's greasy fashion isn't hair. there yet. Oh, it's going to be so good. Because that has stayed in until the early 2000s, and only recently has men's fashion changed. So I'm sorry, you've got years before that's back. Can I just go on a tangent? So I met up with my Laser Quest crew. That sounded super geeky. I used to work at Laser Quest, everybody, for six years. It's not like we got together and played Laser Quest together. We used to work together at Laser Quest. Although, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm I'm older. (laughs) Anyway, um, so basically, we got together uh, and we were going to go to the bar, but then they were like, ah, you know what? Everybody wear your old Laser Quest shirt if you have it still. Well... I still have it because mine was personalized to me and I was like, well, I'm not going to throw it out. Like anything that's personalized, you got to like hold on to for sentimental value or whatever. And so I show up one, I'm the only one wearing it because it's been 15 years Two, it is a extra large or a double extra large. Now I must have gained 60 pounds since high school. How this thing fit me then, because it did not fit me this time. I Like, I must have looked like the biggest jerk in the world with this massive dress double XL t-shirt, which I know we had to, uh, we had to tuck it in. We had to tuck it in. So I'm like wearing this double XL now. And I'm like, how did I, I have 60 more pounds on me. Like, how did I wear this at all? It's like it would have just been wearing me. It, that was the fashion back then. I remember uh, a year ago, uh, Blake's mother. She is born on February twenty ninth, a leap year. So she was actually just turning sixteen. So we threw her a big sixteen, like sweet sixteen party, and the theme was dress like you did when you were sixteen. And we found old clothes, and Blake did the same thing. He was like, "How was I wearing these oh giant things?" Oh my god, it's things. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. All of a sudden, like I'm of age, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know how to dress myself now, people. I do." <laughs> anyway, we're getting that was a big tangent. My number one is American Pie. Not surprised. I know you're We're not gonna surprised. We're going to have a really big battle on our hands here. All right. Tell me about American Pie. This is a great movie. Let's talk about it. When you're a guy in high school, one of the things that's always on your mind is sex. And I know that's on women's minds in high school as well. But for guys, that it's a rite of passage. You're trying to get there before your buds. Um, it's like every day in your brain, you're thinking, is tonight going to be the night? Is tonight going to be the night? And you don't care where it is. You don't care. Guys are like, I'll just do it. And um, I, when I watched American Pie, all of that comes back. All of that like, yeah, watching scrambled porn. That was a thing, children. You had to like Nobody knows that guess. anymore because they have the internet. <laughs> Listen, we didn't have the internet like that. We but you did to... have the internet like that. It was just slower. No. You had to wait for like 90... the... In 95, it was like pixelated celebs that would come in like, and then it would freeze (laughs) before you actually saw some boobs. This movie is just, it is a high school experience for guys who weren't getting laid in high school. And I was not getting laid in high school. And I thought it was such a fun, fun movie. And like I said, I, these are movies that I go back to today. And American Pie is definitely one of those movies because it's not just about the sex. You also have, like, these four guys you really like. Yeah. Yeah, four that you like. Like, I'm not talking about Stifler. You don't like Stifler in the first movie at all. He doesn't grow on you till, He doesn't grow on you, period. I feel like he gets worse. No, he gets... Well, American Wedding, he... He ruined American Wedding. Exactly. And it was a 
it was the worst of all the movies. I he ruined think it. American Reunion is worse than American Wedding. What? American Reunion was way funner than American Wedding. I gotta go and disagree with you there, but that's the okay. movie American that we Pie are talking about. Definitely the best out of all of them. American Pie is definitely the best. With the sequel coming in like close second, um, and then I like I would put the Naked Mile and Beta House ahead of wedding and reunion and all those and those are just straight to dvd releases and i like those more than i like uh wedding and reunion with that with that said american pie um you get the heart you get the the great relatable characters and the four guys who are actually trying to get laid before the end of high school you yeah. get all of those kind of dynamic relationships where you've got the girl who just wants to have sex. You have the girl that um, she's waiting. She doesn't know what she's waiting for, but she's waiting. You know, you have the relationship that's just starting. You have the one guy who's super weird who ends up sleeping with Stifler's mom. And you like, you cheer because, yeah, screw Stifler, right? Also, I mean, Finch was a super relatable character for me. He was a little bit more poised. He was smart. He wasn't afraid to be who he was, regardless of what was cool. I really liked him. I think he's an underrated character. He is. I definitely agree with you. I think he's an underrated character. In the sequel, he's like complete 180, like ladies man extraordinaire and... It's funny again, but I really like him in the first one. You know, his nickname Shipbreak because he won't take a shit at school. I knew that guy. I knew the kid who would not go to the bathroom at school because he's like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just want to say, who takes poos in school? No one. All the time. I'm sure I have, but it would have been an emergency. Like, what if someone comes in and smells it? I don't get it. No way. I, I well... <laughs> Clearly, I think we've established that I related most to that character. Totally. And I related most to Kevin. Not You would surprised. think I'd say Jim, but Kevin was I'm not surprised. Kevin was the one that you're meant to relate to. He was the everyman. I was always the one with the girlfriend of, of our group. I was the first one to have sex of our group. Uh, even though in America, everybody has sex at the same time. Um, even though, like, this guy in my group, who I'm not really friends with anymore... He said that he had sex with this Irish chick in Ireland and then, like, had a bunch of peach schnapps and, like, lied to us and said, like, I never happened. I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, friend. I'm airing your dirty shit on the podcast. This is happening right now. <laughs> anyway, that was, like, a long, long time ago back in the 90s. Uh <laughs> But regardless, American Pie, we're talking about movies. We're already like 20 minutes in. So much. Wait a minute. Did you graduate the same year that that movie came out? Yes. What? I graduated the same year as Buffy Summers. Wow. Crazy. I know. I'm older than you. What up? (laughs) All right. So I think we've established that American Pie is number one on the list. No. No, now now we're going to get into the difficult stuff. This is not going to be an easy list for us to compile, my friend, because we are both passionate about these movies. Okay, obviously High School Musical is off the list. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which also means Dope is off the list. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It, do- it does, it is. Okay, and I say... I want we- 10 Things I Hate About You. At number one. To stay at two. No. No. See, this is where it makes no sense. There's no we way. We both put it at two. It's obviously a two movie. Yeah. But, for example, American Pie isn't even in my honorable mentions. And Clueless. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now with this bullshit? this is my number I, one honorable mention, motherfucker. Here's and this is the problem is that I, although the movie's really fun to me it's nothing special. It's not prolific. It's I it was a really great fun comedy, but I don't know that it's anything more than that. It does it's not You go genius. back and you watch that movie. It is genius. And that's I why they made it. a bajillion of them. And you know what? I've seen every one and I've loved every one, but they're just fun simple comedies. So I think that the fact that we both agree about 10 Things I Hate About You, and because 
I don't see either of us being okay with either of our other choices being at number one. We push 10 things I hate about you to the top of the list. It is the equalizer. Everyone agrees it's good. Therefore, perhaps it deserves the number one spot. Then we duke it out over who gets number two and who gets number three with regards to Clueless and American Pie. All right, fine. But American Pie should be number two because it is more timeless than Clueless. I disagree. Clueless is based on Emma, and it is the most timeless movie of all time. I mean, I, that's American Pie is that's about hyperbole. guys I'm not who want to have sex. That is always, always, Clueless always, always. is about girls who want to have sex, become women, and also be taken seriously, which is always an always factor. That's the thing about these movies. They're always going to be timeless because... What it is to be a teenager who's on the cusp of adulthood is is universal. But you don't relate with her life. You can't relate with her life because she's rich and she's got all this extra stuff. And she's hoity-toity. She actually is kind of the person you hated in high school. But that doesn't make her not relatable. Like, the point is, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're whatever... It doesn't make you less relatable of a character. And but you can find yourself in every one of these characters in American Pie. I don't know that I would 100% agree with that. It's definitely something that like you find yourself in. And I agree that I see a lot of, like for example, Finch and that kind of stuff. But there's a lot and about... Kevin. Because uh, Kevin talks to everybody at the school. And that was you too. Yeah, that was me. But Kevin was so... <sighs> Like, righteous? (laughs) He was righteous. There was something righteous about him. To the next step. I didn't like it. I didn't like how sentimental and righteous he was. Also, I feel like there's something about American Pie and, like, the whole Nadia thing that, while funny and lighthearted and I have no issues with it, just is a little bit, like, I don't know. It's just a little too much. Like, it's... It's, it's you know what? Okay. Just a raunchy Here's comedy aspect. Okay. I will give you Clueless because of that point. Because I forgot that they secretly film and broadcast a woman onto the internet taking off her clothes. Which I'm not saying it's not hilarious in the film. It's hilarious in the film. And the film hilarious. doesn't take it seriously. And she but, doesn't take it seriously. But I'm going to give you Clueless. And this is why. Because if today's generation watches American Pie for the first time, they might be like, oh, shit, that doesn't fly today. And there's not a lot of, oh, shit, that doesn't fly today in Clueless. So I'll give you Clueless at two for that reason alone. You're the best. Alone. I'm such a good arguer. (laughs) I just forgot about that. And it's fair. I'm just being fair. You are being fair. You didn't really win anything. You just reminded me of something that's wrong in American Pie, and I am being the the bigger person. And Also, I'm the bigger person. Right, yeah. You are. You're the bigger person. (laughs) I'm still gloating. All right, so let's (laughs) let's count this down. At number three, American Pie. Number two, Clueless. And the number one best high school movie of all time, 10 Things I Hate About You. Nice. Got it. Okay, so real quick, honorable mentions, High School Musical's on that? Yes, actually, it is. <laughs> High School Musical, Grease, Dazed and Confused, Mean Girls, and 21 Jump Street. Easy A, Fast Times at Richmond High, The Dreaded Breakfast Club that you hate when I bring up. I hate that movie. You hate it so much. I hate it so much. <laughs> I went with I went with Dead Poet Society. Great movie. And it didn't fit into the list, but I wanted to throw it on the honorable mentions anyways, and that is Can't Hardly Wait. But it doesn't take place in high school so that it, it wouldn't have found its way on. But I love that movie. Now, did you find any that you haven't seen that you want to see? Because I realized I really need to see Meet Earl and the Dying Girl. I still need to see Chronicle. And Perks of Being a Wallflower. You haven't seen Perks of Being a Wallflower? 
I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I would do. I'd, I'd go watch that right now. Is like, that good, huh? Like you should stop podcasting and just watch it. <laughs> okay. For the break today, I know you don't want to talk about this, Jay. You just broke the news to me before we started recording. You're, but we you got to talk about this. to be this. our break? Yeah, I do. I, we got to talk about this. I, I, uh, the fact that it's not even its own segment means that we got to talk about this. I mean, everyone listening, obviously you guys know what's going down with Joss Whedon. I had no idea. I've been living in a bubble of traveling back and forth from Canada and the U.S. and therefore not consuming enough things. And uh, Jay just broke the news to me that it turns out he might be like a horrible person. Yeah, there's all this stuff going on from his ex-wife that he cheated on her for 15 years. Um, he was super misogynistic at home and kind of controlling. And and really, like, just everything that's coming out is the opposite of the persona he built for himself professionally. Like, I, I haven't read the letters that were from him. I've just seen tweets from people, uh, I know the Joss Whedon fan site, it's for the first time in like 15 years, they closed it down. And look, I am not going to sugarcoat this. I'm not defending anything. I just, I don't want to know. I Like it's... Yeah, it's like He was a, a hero. And I get it. Like he, I believe it. I, I believe it, but I, I don't want to, like I don't want it in my head. Yeah, no, I get it. Like... I, I obviously, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go deep and like look into what's going on. You're doing the opposite. You're saying yeah, I'm trying to avoid it. I've like, I have Google alerts for Buffy the Vampire Slayer talk. So like if new DVDs are coming out or new Blu-rays or anything, I, I can get a little hit. And then I'm like, Ooh, I want that. Cause I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I've actually closed down that Google alerts because everything every day for the past week has been Joss Whedon this, Joss Whedon that. And I'm like, I, I, I like, I can't, I've, delete like i can't do it sucks when you but I, I i buy it i totally buy it like i'm not gonna defend the guy you know no it just it sucks when it turns out that your hero isn't who you thought he, he was and it just freaking sucks i feel like this is you know a knock on all of these fans everywhere all of these people who felt like they connected to something that he created and i don't know what he did but Screw him for not being who he said he was. Yeah. I can't believe you brought this up. I mean, like, our break is sacred time to talk yeah. about fun things. And you well, brought this up. Sometimes you, we also have to talk about heartbreak. Uh, I got a little of that. I got the blues. I got the blues. It's app time. Ivana and I were looking at new apps and we stumbled upon one. I don't think it's actually new because I think I've downloaded it a couple of times, um, but it's called Untapped. And I thought, hmm, Untapped. So it's a beer social media kind of a network of beer fans who rate their brews when they have them at local places. You can check in at local places as well where you're having your beer and uh, and it kind of keeps a list of all the stuff you've tried, which I I definitely have tried this. I mean, I, I feel like with the craze of craft breweries and IPAs and all this stuff, I'm constantly trying new beers. And ever since I realized how much I love IPA and a nice, bitter, hoppy, unfiltered beer, I've become a lot more interested in trying all these different cool new beers out there and then I like so quickly forget which one was it that I really loved, which one was it that wasn't that great. And so when I saw this app, I thought, man, this is what I need in my life. A pocket where I can chronicle your beer journey. Exactly. And then I got really excited that it was also kind of social media-y. And I got to say, in practice... It's missing some features that I'm really hoping for. Okay, so I I have downloaded this app twice before because as soon as I logged in, it was like, you have three friends. And I'm like, I do? And I look and I'm like, Mark from Niagara is on this? And a couple of his buddies? And I'm like, oh, 
oh, this is that app that every time I go to Niagara, they're like pulling out their phones and taking pictures of the beer. And I'm like, what are you doing? Untapped. Oh yeah, I'll get on that. I totally forget it's in my pocket. And the one thing, the feature that drives me nuts is it doesn't learn what kind of beer I continuously drink and give me recommendations based on those beers. That, that's what bothers me about the app because that was the thing I was looking for. I was excited. I like checked in a bunch of beers that I know I like and then I wanted recommendations based on my tastes because the reality is that everybody's tastes are right because it's their own taste. So I love IPAs, but Jay, you love porters and stouts. That's true. And there's not a lot of, like, when I go into a bar, there's not a lot of stouts and porters that get me excited. So I usually end up going like, all right, I'll have a Guinness because that's what they have on tap. But if this showed me different venues that had different stouts that were like, hey, you should try this. It's actually down the street. I'd be like, I'm going down the street. Me too. I think that that's exactly what this app is missing. I got so excited reading about it. And in practice, is just telling me the most popular beers of people who use this app. It's not telling me anything that is personalized to my own tastes. I just realized something. This is a social network. We've both been testing this app. I'm not friends with you on the social network. Yeah, I, I just signed up with my email. I'm not going to lie. How do I add friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in Pittsburgh and I'm here. So it's not like finding you as a close proximity person. Yeah, because that is an option that's on here. Add friends. I just found you and I am friending you. Amazing. I actually want to see what kind of beers you've tried in the last day. Oh, you clearly are back in this country. No, I mean... (laughs) Or were in this country this weekend. Yes, I was in this country this past weekend, and it was great. But uh, the Muskoka Brewery Detour is a fantastic beer. It's also, like, tricky when you're trying new beers and, like, to pull it out and remember, hey, I should probably do this when you're five beers in and you're just trying to stay awake. I'm looking forward to kind of playing around with it more because Pittsburgh is a really big beer city. And so I want to get in and try and and live this beer culture that's here. This is Top Drawer TV. I'm so excited. This week, we watched not a regular type of television show. We didn't go into a fictional narrative of any sort. We watched Bill Nye Saves the World. You know what? I was really excited to watch this show because, you know, Bill Nye, he pops on, explains that he's making this grown-up show for the big kid and all of us who just loves the joy of discovery. And honestly, it's delightful. Yeah. The show is shot in front of a live audience, and this first episode dives into climate change. He kicks it off with an experiment showing you how when liquid is heated, the water expands in a classic Bill Nye the Science Guy type of thing. He then explains to everyone that this is what's happening across the globe to the world's oceans and introduces a sketch featuring Carly Kloss and rapper Designer. She schools him about chocolate, coffee, sushi, and panda bears, all these things that are going to be disappearing if we don't take care of our planet. The show also features a distinguished panel of intelligent subject matter experts who talk about fixing climate change and how we might go about doing it right now. Then we go back to brass tacks as Carly helps out with another experiment. And finally, Bill ends the show with a great cameo by an actor we will not name just yet. All right, Jay, tell me. What did you think of Bill Nye Saves the World? I think this is going to be one of those shows that I pop in and out of from time to time. Uh, I'm like, oh, I got like half an hour. I'm going to go check out the Bill Nye one I haven't seen yet because I I don't think it's a show that you need to binge. I actually think it's a show that you want to absorb what you've just heard. You know, it's fun. It's, It's like Bill Nye the Science Guy when we were kids. He's just playing to a new audience. Right, so this show is targeted towards Gen Z and millennials, kids I would say high school and up, people who are interested in pop culture but who also are totally woke and want to save the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a new generation's Bill Nye the Science Guy. The other thing that I find interesting about the show is that I don't want to be doing anything else while I'm watching it. I just want to Whoa, learn. whoa, what? Yeah, like, I don't like to multitask. You know me. You, I watch a you lot watch of... television while doing eight other things. Exactly. And that's a lot of the reason why I watch television, because it's easier to listen to it than watch it. And also because... I often watch bad television because it's easier not to pay attention to bad television. But this show, this show deserves your attention. I learned so much. I mean, I knew a lot about climate change, but I didn't ever look at it in the way that he presented it. The amount of information that he put into that episode is awesome. It's actually a lot packed into 30 minutes. I mean, he even had my, I think my new favorite segment is Bill needs a minute where he just like, goes off on this crazy tangent because he's actually really pissed off that people are denying climate change or they're not accepting the fact that this is serious. It's crazy. And, you know, I did go on to a couple other episodes and he kind of always has a Bill Needs a Minute moment where he goes off about anything that he's talking about. And I, yeah. I really dug that because that was not something from the Bill Nye, the science guy that I remember as a kid. This is, you know, different Bill Nye. I, I feel like this is the show that he wants to make. And I also love that he has crazy, tall, hot supermodel teach me some things about climate change. Yeah, me too, actually. That was one of the things about the pilot, I think, that impressed me the most. I really enjoyed that Carly Kloss taught us this stuff because there's a stigma and there's that, you know, like, oh, rappers aren't smart or really gorgeous supermodels aren't smart. But that's not true. They are. And they can teach us all about all sorts of different subject matter, regardless of their jobs. So definitely, if you haven't had a chance yet and you want to like, hey, try something for 30 minutes, pop on an episode of Bill Nye. It's a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot. It's also, I feel like then the next day you can be like slipping it into conversations. You look all okay. smart. All right. You know what? <laughs> it's interesting that you say this for Gen Z's because, or Gen Z. Look how Canadian I am over here. The Gen Z's because I just read a report about what makes them choose the shows they watch. The number one is to talk about your friend, talk about it with your friends, which I totally get because yeah, you want to. Get a recommendation from your friend and talk about it. I understand that. Number two was to appear smart to your peers. And number three was to impress them. I don't think I've ever put that much thought into choosing a show in my life. So if you're a Gen Z or Gen Z, I'm going to keep doing that forever. If you're a Gen Z and that's something that like you're, is important to you, Bill Nye is here to save right. your world. But I mean, okay, remember when you were, because Gen Z is what, like, mostly in high school right now? High school and then early 20s. You're at an age where you want to impress people and you want to be able to talk about things. And we're living in a land of social currency. And I, you know what? I like it. I like that Gen Z is there wanting to appear smart. Go forth and make the world a better place. (laughs) Is this show eligible for our 2017 like list of the best shows of 2017 because it's not a narrative and we've never done that before. And I don't know if it's opening a can of worms. So I needed to ask this question. It's a TV show that came out in 2017. Absolutely. You can, what it can't do is jump into our series survival because we already know Bill Nye saves the world has a season two coming. Well, look at that segue. (laughs) I wonder what segment is coming up. (laughs) Before we jump into that segment, which I'm super excited for, next time when we get together, we're going to watch Rushmore, which is a high school movie. We were talking about high school movies. Um, And it's one that I remember not loving the first time, but I was really young and I'm told I have to see it again as an adult. So we're going to do a very special take two and watch Rushmore again. Series survival. So if you're all caught up on more of the movies, you know that I lost the last round. But I am determined 
not to lose this year's series survival. Bible, Bible, Bible. So we have three shows. We got three trailers. You can find the trailers in our description. Uh, so you can watch them on YouTube before you get started. Or maybe you already know the shows. It doesn't matter. We're going to tell you what the trailer was all about. And if we think they will make it to a season two. Jay, I hate to say this, but you're going to go down again. Oh my God. Where am I going down? To, in, in the answering wrong of which shows are going to make it to season two. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty bad. That sounds like I'm going down <laughs> in the answering wrong. <laughs> but I don't know because I, I feel like I know where people are going to cast their vote on these three shows. So what's our first one? All right. The first show is called 9JKL. It is brought to us by CBS. It is a half-hour sitcom, pretty traditional, um, and it's about this dude who is divorced and moves into an apartment next door to his parents and I believe his younger brother. That's right. It's like the whole family is on the same apartment floor. Right. And it looks so bad. Yeah, it's like it's like you're watching an old sitcom. It's like you forget... I, ne- I don't understand this because sometimes the shows like this are really successful. Like, Two Broke Girls was quite successful. And this show reminded me of it in that it's very much a nod to that old-timey, one-liner, laugh track la- era of sitcoms. And I don't get it. Maybe because the only people that have cable anymore are like you know, baby boomers, and they remember watching these sitcoms when they were young. But uh, it's very much one of those. I don't know that it looks that great. It, it looks, it looks terrible, kind of cheesy. But it's going to make it a season two. That is my prediction. I think it's going to get canceled. Whoa. Right off the bat, the first one, we differ. Part of the issue on this show is the name. 9JKL? I'm... Like, I I hate even saying it. I don't even want to remember it. I don't think... I think that it's a death sentence to name a show 9JKL. 9Jokel? Is that how you say it? I think that if they... It's CBS. So if they, like, put this up right behind their Kevin James show, it'll be fine. Even though you had a stellar cast, I felt like... You know, I've seen all these people in so many other shows. They're so talented. There's no... And yet, something about this show brings it down a notch. Oh, God. I mean, it just doesn't look funny. That's the bottom line. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'm I'm obviously going to watch it. It's a half-hour comedy. I'm going to give it a shot. I, I watch every half-hour comedy at least a little bit. You're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, I am definitely not. So, let's move on. So Ghosted is up next. It's on Fox and it stars Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. Adam Scott kind of plays this guy who like believes in aliens and he's a conspiracy theory guy. Craig Robinson plays Leroy who uh, he just kind of flunked out of the force. He's a detective. He's now trying to be like a security guard. And they get wrapped up into this world of underground X-Files kind of thing. But it's all comedy and silliness. Um, It's interesting that you thought X-Files. I thought Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters totally could be Ghostbusters-esque as Mm -hmm. well. I mean, Um, I feel like when they greenlit the show, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Ghostbusters meets Men in Black. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I always go to X-Files whenever I hear anything alien-y and these are definitely aliens. So, uh, so that's why I went to it. You know, we've got some weird special effects and then all of those jokes from like a stepbrothers kind of, but more PG that you're used to. Those are the jokes that are going to be peppered through this trailer. Now, this is going to be airing. I, I think it's airing on Sunday nights on Fox. And Sunday Nights on Fox, they don't tamper with as much. So I, but I don't know. I mean, I, what, I thought what do that you the think? trailer looked good. Like the trailer was expert, but 
I don't think the show is going to be as good as the trailer is my worry. I think maybe all the best things were in the trailer and they were just edited together in a way that worked really well. Um, But I also think that this show skews younger because I think the Sunday night audience skews younger. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. uh, Honestly, I think it's going to make it to season two. Hmm. Okay, so that skewing younger, I I think it's going to get canceled because the ratings won't be there for the skewed younger. Because they're not watching cable, they're going to be torrenting the shit out of it. And I think that won't equate. So, Maybe, but I think even younger than that, like I think like 10-year-olds are watching it. Oh, like with their parents. Yeah, like Sunday nights with the parents and that's why it's going to make it to season two. Maybe, but I am saying canceled after the first season. Wow, we are just disagreeing. Are all you over gonna the watch place. it? Yeah, it's a half hour comedy. Oh god, I, I don't even know why I ask about these half hour comedies. I, of I have gonna to watch, watch every half hour comedy that I know about that comes out in a given year. I mean, I saw the Kevin James one. I saw that other one. That you spent time watching that Kevin Can Wait show for sure. I've seen like. No, Two or three d- episodes. And you want to know what else? 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 It's not that bad. No. It's palatable. No. You know it's- why? Because you're never allowed to talk to me about Kevin James because of the flack you gave when I came out of Paul Blart Mall Cop and you and Mark like got all up in my face because I was like, guys, that actually was not horrible. And you were like, what? And you lost it. So uh, you no, defending Kevin James I at all gave is bad. Paul Blart Mall Cop a three out of five. That's what I gave Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, I didn't dislike Paul Blart Mall Cop. However, the big thing for me was Peanut Blart and Jelly. That was the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> it is. It is the best part. All right, our last one is The Good Doctor which is a doctor drama series that's going to be airing on ABC. And this is a show about an autistic man who uh, grows up to be this savant doctor. And what what comes with that, basically? Right. It's kind of like, what if House weren't mean and he was autistic, highly functioning autistic? You think this show is going to be like House? No, I don't think the show is going to be like house because with the house was always very grumpy and uh all that but i think it is going to be very much based on the formula that house does where there is some sort of mystery we don't know how or why someone is sick he views it in a way that no one else sees it which is very much like house um eventually he's able to solve the problem and save the day and then everyone goes home the difference is that House was very much colored by the character development, and this is a totally different character. The best part, it's Freddie Highmore who played Bates in Bates Motel. Oh, my God. Norman Bates. Norman Bates, of course. Norman Bates. I think him alone in the role, season two. I agree. This show is going to be renewed. Bread and butter, primetime television, a medical procedural. These shows are built because... People want to watch them. People just want to flip them on. And again, they're targeting uh, the older demographic that oh, are no, still no, no. buying cable. I, I, am on, I am in. I'm watching this show. Oh, this you're watching is, this show. This is a show I am going to tune in. Becky's going to tune in. And maybe it's because in our family, one of my nephews has autism or a little bit like he's on the spectrum. But this premise speaks to me. And I... 100% want to see the underdog win every week. And I'm, I just, I want to see it so much. Um, I recently watched Atypical from Netflix. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I watched the first episode, but it didn't grab me. My mother watched it too. She She's a special needs teacher. So she works a, a lot with um, kids who have all sorts of different things going on. I worry based on what I see in this um trailer i do think it's gonna get renewed i think it's gonna do really well but she watched atypical and she got really angry because she works every day with people with autism and she thought 
even though they are very specific that it is someone who has high-functioning autism, yep. she didn't think it was realistic. She didn't think that what she saw on this television show um, showed you an accurate picture of the autistic people that she has met in her life. I have a feeling that my mom is going to hate this show <laughs> because she's going to be offended by the way that it portrays autism. That being said, I do think it's going to make it. I think that any, I think that the Target demo is going to love this show and it's absolutely going to get renewed. You're definitely going to watch I'm it. I'm in. I'm definitely 100% in. As soon as I saw the trailer, I sent it to my brother-in-law. I said, you guys going to watch? They were all in. Uh, you know, my young... 40-year-old nephew is on the spectrum and I think he's fantastic and I love being around him and the way he sees the world is so special and I just like I think part of that is why I want to watch this show right I mean I'm not gonna lie to you I'm gonna watch at least an episode at some point in time probably not right away when it comes out um but it, it seems like a really easy show to consume and it seems like a really easy show to multitask during you heathen <laughs> all right so we've got three in the bank next week we got to get three more we got to keep going with this two weeks from now mister <gasps> that's right our friends as we move on to closing off the episode we do have a little announcement we're going to take a short one week break during uh the official labor day weekend um I do a thing every year with my good friends from university, and uh, so I'll be unavailable for a week, and so we'll be back two weeks from now, not next Monday, but the Monday after with an all-new episode and another Do you think they need to know about all of your debauchery? Who says it's debauchery? You know it's debauchery. I I plead the fifth. Uh Uh-huh. So if you'd like to support our show and not Ivana's debauchery, we'd really appreciate it. All you have to do is hop on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast service and leave us a quick rating or a review or a thumbs up or whatever the podcast service lets you do. This really helps us grow the show. Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our special effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so please don't be a stranger. You can reach out to us on our website, morethemovies.net. Or on Facebook slash morethemoviespodcast. Email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks so much for spending time with us. We'll be back in two Mondays with an all-new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. <laughs>